Okay, we are ready to get started on Leviticus um, chapters 16 through 19 today. And um, of course, it is, um, there's a lot to get into, and so we're not going to um, waste uh, much time here. But uh, just a reminder, because it has been a few weeks um, over the summer, um, and we've kind of been here, there, and gone. Um, as we're going through Leviticus, our aim is to hit the highlights, hopefully wet appetites, to go in and dig a little deeper individually. Um, but Sherry and Elizabeth are uh, ready to share their thoughts and, as we look at um, this section for chapters 16 through 19. We will be reading a few um, sections but we won't be going verse by verse like we have in previous Bible studies. So um, we're going to go ahead and jump in. But um, so as a whole, 16 through 19, um, what are some of the things that have jumped out for you, Elizabeth? So I think the, I think the overarching theme of just holiness is, I mean, really comes through in a lot of very specific ways like the day of atonement is really just a day about setting god's people apart and atoning covering their sins um and then with all the following rules and regulations in like 17 18 and 19 um he they repeat a lot i am the lord your god and a lot of you are doing this because you are not supposed to be like the nations around you Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things in there that i didn't think you'd have to say especially when we get to like 18 it's like hey don't sleep with your mom i'm like why did we need to say this Mm -hmm. but it really is because the nations were just so far gone Mm -hmm. god needs to tell his people hey if you're gonna have a relationship with me here's how you set yourself apart from everyone else. And I think that's really interesting just the way it's, that's mm-hmm. done. Yeah. Um, and something similar to that that I'm hoping we'll have time to dive into a little bit is, uh, like you were saying, that God setting this precedence of you are a separate people um, and you are not to be like the other nations. And then him even going into, um, they have defiled not only themselves, but the land. And that's why they have been vomited out is, you know, what some translations will render. Um, And I just think that is an interesting thought of how God has set things up that if you violate um, basically being in harmony with him, then there are sort of natural ramifications built in that you're going to suffer. And he's trying to, to save people from that suffering so um sherry what stood out to you in this section um well so chapter 16 um you have the day of atonement which if you're looking at uh, the isometrical structure structure this would be in the right in the middle so this would be the the chapter that that is the most important, quote unquote, not that they're all not important, but but the Day of Atonement is a big deal. And so it is, it is placed in the center of Leviticus, of course, not by chapter, but mm-hmm. also there's not chapters in the original. So, um, so this is in the middle. Um, the Day of Atonement is a big deal. Um, and there's a lot, and it happens, this chapter happens right after the death of Nadab and Abihu. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at it, it's like, why is he being so specific here? So that Aaron does not die. Mm-hmm. Like, 
why would why would he why would he die? Well, all his sons just died. So there's that. Um, so it's like do this this specific way so that you don't die. Right. And so um, so that stood out to me. Also, um, so I think uh, I agree with Elizabeth that um, so 17, 17, 18, and nineteen, um, uh, particularly seventeen and eighteen. Um, uh, talk about things that you would think, okay, well, obviously, but the nations around them were doing these things. Mm -hmm. They were committing incest. They were, you know, committing bestiality, homosexuality. And so God, and in contrast to what they were doing, he starts in chapter 18, and we'll see this when we get to 19 with, with how it's structured. Um, I am the Lord your God. So, uh, duh. But I am the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. You don't do this, 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 and this because I am the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. Not them, not their idols, not the things that they worship. I am the Lord your God, and this is my rule for you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think that's why uh, this kind of this whole section kind of um, I think nineteen is just sort of starting a new section, but. Right. But this whole part of Leviticus is um, is interesting and kind of intriguing because um, it kind of changes the focus from okay these are the these are the um, regulations but this is why the regulations mm-hmm. because these people around you are not doing that yeah and so and I don't want them to have an influence on you because that would be the typical thing they would do they move into the land they start like looking at the other people around they're like okay well they're doing this so what's this mm-hmm. and so he's basically saying I mean several times I don't know how many times he says I am the Lord or I am the Lord your God right but it's a significant number of times mm-hmm. um, and so when God says something that often it's for a reason. It's not just because you might forget what I said two sentences ago. Right. So. Um, and that's similar to, I think we maybe mentioned this a few classes back, but, um, you know, just the book of Leviticus as a whole of, you know, the, traditionally this uh, being said to be it, either the first or one of the first uh, um, books that Jewish children were to be taught and to memorize mm-hmm. And I do think so much of that is mm-hmm. to the impressing upon their minds and their hearts that you are a set-apart unto the Lord mm-hmm. people. Like mm-hmm. there is a reason that we are doing things differently, and mm-hmm. it is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not just, you know, some flippant tradition. So, um, okay, well, let's dive into chapter 16. The Day of Atonement is what we're looking at here. Um, and so... Uh, the first, and what I'm hoping to do here is um, chapter 16. Like I said, we're not um, reading word for word um, the whole chapter, but we are going to walk through this, and we're going to go a little slower on this this one than we will 17 or 18 um, because there is a lot here. So the um, first section that I have uh, outlined is we've got verses 1 through 5, basically. I believe that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One through five and um and these are the instructions it starts off with the instructions to aaron um the very specific ones that sherry was mm-hmm. making mention of earlier 
of what exactly he's supposed to do um, and that he, first of all, is not to enter the holy holy place at any time, like Sherry said, lest he die. Um, but he shall enter the holy place, how? With a bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Um, and then it goes through, you know, him bathing, putting on the linen garments so that he can come in as holy um, to perform this. Um, are there anything from those first five verses that either of you wanted to bring out uh, before we look at the next section of this chapter? Um, a couple of things. The, the, the linen garments, so why linen? Because um, they've just been instructed to um, about bodily fluids and mm. what makes a person unclean. And so the linen garments instead of wool, because you're not going to sweat in mm -hmm. linen. It's going to soak everything up and you're not going to be dripping sweat all over the Yeah. You know, you don't want to go in there and drip sweat all over the mercy seat. That right. So, um, um, and just the emphasis on him, on, on the washings, mm -hmm. um, him bathing, making sure that he's clean, that he puts on the linen garments. And these are different garments than what the priestly garments were. The priestly garments were pretty uh, regal. Mm -hmm. And these are just plain old white linen, mm -hmm. you know, robe yeah. and underwear. Right. And um, I think that that sort of um, signifies that um, when he go when Aaron goes into the most holy place, he's not this regal guy. He's mm -hmm. just a average guy, mm -hmm. and so he has a really lowly. Um, countenance and and the garments that he wears are very plain and very just like okay I'm I'm not any better than anybody else I'm going into the presence of God where you know I'm no, nothing mm -hmm. and so um, I think that's pretty significant he's not supposed to wear his regular priestly garments he's supposed to wear these special you know just plain white linen garments mm -hmm. yeah I think kind of to that point as well um, when I was getting ready to study Leviticus as a whole, I was watching a video that really emphasized that the priests represent God to the people and the people to God. And I think most of the time when they're wearing those regal garments, that's how they're representing God to the people mm -hmm. when they're ministering. This is something high and holy and, you know, um, more, more important. Now that he's representing the people to God, mm -hmm. it is like what you were saying, more humble, just mm -hmm. kind of nothing special. Mm-hmm. And it does, I mean, it brings to mind some of the uh, other passages um, in regards to fasting and, and different things that uh, people would often do in preparation for, and um, and not to get off on a rabbit hole, but there, you know, present day, I do think there is so much of that that we let go of, and maybe there are parts of those things that we should hold on to in the sense of, there is preparation that ought to be made, you know, preparation within our hearts. And even, you know, um, not totally dismissing things like fasting when it's appropriate to empty yourself and prepare yourself to handle things that are difficult mm -hmm. um, and that need more concentration and things like that. And so um, I appreciate you bringing that out because there is that humbling theme throughout if that's, that's appropriate for coming before God. 
Um, okay, anything else from those sections before we go through verse, uh, let's see, verse 10? Okay. okay, all right, so the, the next section is um, where we see uh, Aaron bringing out the uh, two male goats that are chosen um, as a sin offering for the congregation. Okay, so before this was for Aaron and his family, that's the description that was given in those first few verses. Now um, transitioning to, for the congregation, two male goats chosen for a sin offering and then one ram chosen for a burnt offering. Um, and then it goes through the details of how Aaron um, is going to be um, is going to slaughter the bull for himself and his family, and then take the two goats and present them at the tent of meeting. And then in a few more verses, we're going to walk through in more detail <clears throat> the um, how that actually came about because. Uh, one of the things that was interesting to me is uh, Aaron first has to make atonement for himself and his mm -hmm. family before he can deal with the sacrifice for the people. Mm -hmm. And then um, after that, he brings the uh, scapegoat to uh, the tent of meeting to before the Lord. So anything on that section before we... Um, go into more details in those further verses. So through verse 10. Okay. Elizabeth, anything before we move on? I had a thought and then I lost it. So mm -hmm. we can keep going. Okay, let me know if it comes back. All right. Okay, so jumping down into uh, verses 11 through 20. So um, it's to me, this seems like, and Sherry, you, you tell me if I'm misreading this, but it seemed like, okay, here we're given the description of what's going to happen now, starting verse 11. Okay, he's now offered his bull, mm -hmm. and then he brings the fire of incense, um, which I just think this scene is so interesting, um, burning um, on the coals, so or in the coals, so that there's a cloud of smoke that's inside, so that, so that he will not look on um, the... Uh, the mercy seat um, and so and I think it even says so that you will not die is that am I mm -hmm. in the right place okay so anyway he goes in and from the sacrifice he then sprinkles the blood on the mercy seat mm -hmm. and then does the same um, for the goat that was sacrificed for the people mm -hmm. um, and makes atonement for the holy place and the tent of meeting for the impurities of the people um, and then, and no one is allowed inside while Aaron does this. And um, then he, once all of those atonements are completed, um, then he offers the live goat, um, which I do find interesting, the order of operations there mm -hmm. um, of what has to take place first. Um, and, and just uh, Lastly, just the the thought, the idea of you know him, where it says that he has made made atonement for the holy place. So, in other words, I'm I'm wondering. Okay, I mean, this is done once a year, so it's almost like okay, fresh slate, ready, you know, prepared for another year of the sacrifices and all that needs to be done in here. So that was kind of the the sense that I got out again. To me, um, what I'm seeing over and over, in addition to the things that you two have mentioned, 
it is that cleansing, that continual need for cleansing. Um, so what from that section, what have you pulled from those verses? Well, I mean, the first thing that I think of is Hebrews chapters 9 and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, Preach it, Sherry. Um, <laughs> let's turn there. Yeah. Um, I mean, how, how can you not? Right. Um, it, and if you understand what's going on here, then when you read Hebrews chapter 9 and 10, you're like, oh, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um uh, particularly uh, chapter 9, starting in verse uh, 19 and going down through 22. It says, For when every commandment of the law has been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself and the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. And then verse 23, this was, Thus it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Um, and then... Um, if you um, if you look at um, verses uh, chapter ten verses nineteen to twenty nine, look at that real quick. Also, um, I had written down here earlier in verses thirteen and chapter nine. So let's look at that real quick. Just just two verses thirteen and fourteen. For for the blood of bulls and goats and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So the Hebrew writer is saying, if that sanctified them, then how much more um, the blood of Christ. And then if you look at chapter 10, um, verses 19 through 29, Um, therefore brothers since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh and since we have a great priest over the house of God let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience our bodies washed with pure water let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there is no longer there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful expectation of judgment and fury of fire that will consume the adversary. Anyone who has set aside the law of Moses dies without mercy on the evidence of two or three witnesses. How much worse punishment do you think will be deserved by the one who has trampled underfoot the Son of God and has profaned the blood of the covenant by which he was sanctified and has outraged the spirit of grace? Um, So, I mean, you can see like just sprinklings of 
what we were just talking about, going before going into the holy place. We 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 can go into the holy place with confidence. Um uh, because we have the blood of Christ and and um where where uh, Leviticus talks about um, Aaron having to wash, you know, before he goes in, and how we're washed. Um, just, um, just there's there's so many things that I think that a, a a Jewish person, when this Hebrew letter was written, would not have to even think twice about what he's talking about there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, so that's the main thing that I get out of this is like this is this is this is a shadow of what we have now. Um, also the, the so the, the scapegoat thing is kind of interesting because um, it's really the only it's really the only thing that um, this is the only place it's not the only place it's mentioned but this is the only scenario that they used that I mean they didn't use it for any of the other sacrifices um, they were just sacrifices um, this is like this is different and so I, I've heard some people um, say that it's kind of like you know the two birds like we talked about last time with the two birds being you know and the one being sacrificed and the other one going free, but it's not really the same thing because that, that in that scenario, I mean, that's clearly a shadow of baptism to me. The bird mm-hmm. is plunged into the water and the blood and it comes out and it goes free. Mm-hmm. The scapegoat is a different situation because the sins are placed on the, sca- on the goat. Mm-hmm. It, the, the, the second goat doesn't have anything to do with the first goat. Right. Um, the first goat is sacrificed. The second one has the sins laid upon him, and then, and it's sort of a picture of, of their sins going outside the camp. Mm-hmm. They put him outside the camp, but he's not really free mm-hmm. because this is a domesticated goat mm-hmm. that you're putting out in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen to that goat? Yeah. It's not going to just fly away like a bird. Mm-hmm. It's going to get eaten by something because it's a domesticated goat. It doesn't know how to live on its own in the wild. Mm-hmm. And so actually the situation for that goat is worse than the one that got slaughtered. Because mm-hmm. at least the one that got slaughtered, throat slit, done. Mm-hmm. But this one's like outside the camp by itself with no protection and no way of protecting itself and it's going to die a horrible death. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, so it's just interesting to me that and I it's Obviously, it's symbolic of their sins being outside the camp, putting the sins outside and away from the people right. and um, out of the presence of God. Um, and just sort of symbolic to me of like what happens when you're in a situation, like when you're in that state, when you are full of sin and you are away from the presence of God and away from the protection of the people of God what happens to you mm-hmm. it's not good yeah so um i think that that's more in my mind that makes more sense mm-hmm. um than the goat gets to go free yeah 
Um, so um, those are the those are the things that I just you know brought out of that handful mm -hmm. of verses. And oh yeah, and oh and the the Azazel, I looked that up. Um, nobody really knows exactly whether it's talking about. Some people think it's talking about the goat itself, mm -hmm. and some people think it's talking about the place where you put the goat. Right. Um, the translation is as meaning rugged mm -hmm. and. And that's A-Z, A-Z, so it's twice rugged. And L, which is God. So mm -hmm. a rugged place of God is roughly the translation. Mm -hmm. So um, I, it, it's an interesting word that nobody seems to really know what. But it, it seems to indicate, and it's not used anywhere else in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So, or any, anywhere else. So nobody actually knows what it, what it actually, whether it's a place, whether it's the goat itself, but I think the idea is that that the, the sins go to a place, a rugged place away from God, is what I would think. Mm -hmm. That's all I can think of. Um, but um, that, that was also interesting to me, so I looked it up and I was like, nobody knows really what that means. Yeah. Um, in fact, a lot of places I look it up, it, that, that's all it said, and nobody knows what that means. But then I got looking into it further, and it's like, okay, this is the rough translation of the Hebrew word, so it means something to do with that. Yeah, it's, that's making me wonder about any Jewish resources that might mm -hmm. lend anything else lending me more light to that so that's a I'm gonna make a note of that that is interesting mm -hmm. it's not used in reference to anything else except this right yeah so whether it's talking about the goat itself whether it's talking about the place nobody really knows but the idea is it's a place away from God yeah or the goat goes away from God or whatever mm -hmm. anything else from you uh, Elizabeth before we go to the next section I guess the only addition I have to this is even though the Day of Atonement was really important, like you said um, earlier, this kind of wiping clean the slate for the mm -hmm. year, mm -hmm. this doesn't mean you can just ignore all the other sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Like, even though you have the Day of Atonement, you're like, oh yeah, we're atoned for our sins for the full year, we're good. No, mm -hmm. you gotta keep doing, and which is kind of why I think this comes after all the, you know, daily, weekly, monthly kind of sacrifices, because this is super important, but it wouldn't be as important if you weren't in this continual process of mm -hmm. cleansing and purification. So it's, um, I forgot where I was going with that. Never mind. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. So um, verses 21 and 22 are just um, the details that Cherry just went through as far as, you know, people confessing their sins and releasing the goat. So picking up in verse 23 through the end of the chapter, um, it, it's after the sin offering is complete Aaron then removes his clothes he bays um, and then offers up in smoke the fat of the sin offering on the altar and um, then the person who released the goat must come wash and now they can re-enter the camp um, and um, all the sin offering hides of the animals have got to be burned outside the camp and then again bathing after the burning is required um, before they can re-enter the camp um, and let's see oh and, and the last part of this section um, is just kind of putting the stamp on this day of this is specifically a holy day of atonement mm -hmm. and there is no work to be done mm -hmm. um, 
it's a day, it's a day you know for cleansing the sins and it, it's to be every year mm-hmm. um, but I did think that was just interesting at the end section of that to kind of to me put a cap on that of look you know this is not just something that Aaron does on his own and the people aren't involved or aware of it, it's everyone and and you need to make sure that you are giving your full attention to mm-hmm. it um, no one needs to be working on this mm-hmm. day so um, I think I that was even interesting. adding to that where it says uh, you know, humble yourselves or afflict yourselves mm-hmm. um, either way that it's rendered it's not just that they're not doing work but they're actively you know disciplining their body in some way whether it's fasting mm-hmm. or just depriving themselves of any other pleasure just not doing fun stuff mm-hmm. um, to kind of fully focus on God, on that atonement. And I think that's something that um, we could learn from, something we don't do as much, which I think you kind of referenced earlier on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, not to go into, um, it's not Gnosticism. Who who are the ones who... Um, Stoicism? Yes, it's not to go into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a healthy degree that I do, to me, see that pattern throughout Scripture where God says... There is a degree to which you must deny yourself mm-hmm. to be, you know, an emptying out, a cleansing, that sort of idea, so that you can take on my form, so that you are, you know, capable of this. Um, and, and like I say, I don't mean to hint at asceticism of, you know, just denying all pleasure because that's not what God teaches. But there, I mean, and just like uh, those who would say uh, meditation is just emptying your mind. Well, no, it's it's emptying for the purpose of filling up with what is holy, you know. Um, and I do think that is something I know for myself. And I think culturally, uh, why would we deny ourselves ever? You know, mm-hmm. we're in the richest country in the world. Mm-hmm. Why would we not live that up? You know, whereas mm-hmm. God teaches. No, that's that's not appropriate um, always. So anyway, anything um, else share um, before we jump to well, the next? Well, just um, um, building off, off that, I think that the Day of Atonement, um, there, there's the Day of Atonement more than any of the other um, feast days kind of foreshadows maybe the Lord's Supper. I mm-hmm. think it's a time to reflect, to think about, what Christ has done for us to think about the, for how we've been forgiven of our sins and um, and also think that um, I, I looked at the, all the other like this is the only feast day that's not a celebratory holiday like the rest of the holidays were like you know feasting and you know giving up gifts and merriment and you know there were some sacrifices involved in some of them but it mostly just for you know, enjoying, rejoicing, and mm-hmm. this is the only non-celebratory holiday, and it's a holiday because they're not working. Right. Uh, holiday meaning um, holy day, mm-hmm. um, uh, but they were to like this was the only one where they were to not, um, you know, not be celebrating, but be um, pensive and, and mournful of their sins and thinking about, you know, how they, thinking, just thinking more about, you know, um, what I, how, how I can 
improve on the previous year. Mm -hmm. You know, with my with my holiness and being closer and closer to God. Um, um, and it's interesting at the at the end of the chapter that you know it, it says which it says a lot of times uh, in this book um, Aaron did as the Lord commanded Moses. Mm -hmm. So he said, "Do all these things," and then they did them. Yeah. Okay, so chapter 17 is the shortest chapter we have in this section. Um, and I'm going to go through just kind of briefly the chapter as a whole. Um, but it start, starts out in the first nine verses saying, anyone who is going to make a sacrifice to anybody else other than the Lord shall be cut off from God's people. And it's just very straightforward about that. Um, and then... It jumps into the eating of blood and goes into some more specifics about, um, you know, not just the Israelites, but any foreigner. I mean, this is anybody that you're running across who eats of the blood. God will set his face against him and cut him off from his from his family um, as, it, as far as the person's family. Mm -hmm. um, and then, and because the life of flesh is in the blood, mm -hmm. and God has given it on the altar for the for this purpose to make atonement for their souls. So here's the purpose God has given for blood. It's not for it to be consumed mm -hmm. um, by human uh, by mankind, but the purpose God has given it is for life to be within it and for it to be the thing that can make atonement mm -hmm. for for souls. Um, so, and it was just interesting to me, and it, end of verse 12, where it says uh, that the blood makes atonement by the life. In other words, God requires life to have atonement. And, and the thing that, I, that jumps out to me as I'm reading that is, you know, so often we hear people say, and maybe we've even said this, that, um, oh, I'm so glad that we don't have to offer up life, mm -hmm. you know, or, or do the sacrifices or whatever, like they did in the Old Testament. But I think not considering, not taking into account, God still requires our life in the sense of we are the sacrifice. I mean, you know, there's a sense in which Christ has made the sacrifice possible for our atonement. Mm -hmm. But that does not mean that God does not require everything still. And he always has. Um, and so anyway, that, that jumps out to me from that section. And then the last part of that, and then I'm going to let um, Sherry and Elizabeth share their thoughts, is uh, going into kind of another part of this, which is uh, if you're out hunting, mm -hmm. um, then you must drain the blood bury it in the earth mm -hmm. and um, then if the animal's clean then you can partake of it but mm -hmm. even those uh, and then it, it goes on to say the animals that have died naturally um, if you eat of that then you're unclean until mm -hmm. evening um, but I just I, I found it interesting that he's you know kind of it almost feels like covering all the bases like if you're not taking this for sacrifice and you're out hunting mm -hmm. you still drain the blood before you consume so okay anything um from you guys on chapter 17 
Yeah. So when I was first reading this, I did get very confused at the beginning whether it was referring to um, just like killing any animal or if it was killing animals specifically for sacrifice. And I think either way, it shows like a very high degree of respect for life. Mm -hmm. um, that you can't just be slaughtering animals willy-nilly because God has designated that life is special and that the life is in the blood and therefore you should have respect for, you know, all living things. You can't be, you know, just killing for sport necessarily. Um, but then the next thing that kind of stood out to me through the whole process of, okay, if you're sacrificing something outside the camp or inside the camp, no matter where you are, you need to come to this kind of central point of bringing it to the tent of meeting. Mm -hmm. And I think in a really cool way, this spiritually and physically brings people, the people closer to God. Because mm -hmm. before this, um, you know, the Israelites don't really know who God is. They're still trying to figure that out. But when he says, hey, you got to come to this specific place to worship, it's, mm -hmm. you know, trying to get them closer to him by, you know, doing what he's commanded, mm -hmm. being close to the tent of meeting. I thought just kind of... Mm -hmm the juxtaposition of where things are mm -hmm. was really interesting and then the spiritual aspect of that is like you go out to the wilderness to sacrifice to demons and stuff i think mm -hmm. this is verse seven mm -hmm. yeah. yeah they can't sacrifice to the goat demons mm -hmm. um and it also kind of ties into playing the harlot with other gods um and so redirecting that energy that focus to Jehovah, which I thought was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sherry, any thoughts for me? Well, um, it, it was confusing to me at first because I thought, okay, does this mean they have to bring everything that they kill, they have to bring to the tabernacle? But, but I, don't, I, I think um, specifically about um, this, the sacrifices that you, that you, there's going to be a central place that you bring the sacrifices to. Mm -hmm. You don't make a sacrifice just because you live a distance away from wherever the central, wherever the tabernacle is, which is what they had at the time. Mm -hmm. um, you bring it to the tabernacle. You don't make a sacrifice outside mm -hmm. because this is one of the commandments that they violated to extreme. And and this is another because we were talking about this section being like okay don't be like the people around you. Mm -hmm. This is what the pagans would do. Mm -hmm. They would sacrifice under every green tree and right. on every hill. Mm -hmm. And what do we find the kings, the good kings, doing in the Old Testament? Going around to all the little places under the trees, on the hills. Mm -hmm and tearing down the Asherah poles mm -hmm. and the, the idols. And why? Because they were not doing what God said. That's why he didn't want them doing that. Mm -hmm. He did not want them saying, well, this place is good enough. Yeah. You know, like this is a high hill. Mm -hmm. It may be higher than Jerusalem. I'll yeah. just do it here. Right. Um, uh, he doesn't, he, he wants, he, he wants, their worship to be different than the people around them mm -hmm. and he also wants it to be a sacrifice it is a sacrifice to have to haul the thing over to jerusalem to mm -hmm. sacrifice it um uh or shiloh or wherever the tabernacle is it's a pain 
-hmm. But that's the point. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that it is inconvenient is kind of the point. Um, and so we need to be looking at that and going, okay, well, why wouldn't it be just easier to worship at my house? Yeah. <laughs> because that's not the point. The point is everybody comes together. Yeah, it's a bigger pain. Mm -hmm. So what? Yeah. Worship isn't supposed to be about your convenience. Yeah. And so, um, so that stands out to me um, that um, God is saying at, at the very outset, okay, there's going to be a central place for worship to occur. You're not going to just all do whatever you want to. Mm -hmm. And that is the very thing that they violated time and time again. And even some of the good kings didn't destroy the high places. Yeah. It's like, oh, he was a good king, except he didn't destroy the high places. So you know there was a lot of high places mm -hmm. because part of the reason they didn't destroy all the high places is because it was a pain. Mm -hmm. And they were everywhere. And it's like, you know, it was like whack-a-mole. Yeah. And so, you, you know, you can't... So some of the kings were like, okay, I did enough. I'm, I, I, can't, I can't do it all. And so, um, so th that impresses me a lot. Um, uh, and then the laws about... The eating of blood, I think, is a direct um, reference to pagan worship. Mm -hmm. And we see that in Acts chapter 15, verses 28 and 29. They, were they, they couldn't think of anything else to tell the Gentiles except stay away from fornication and don't eat blood. Mm -hmm. Those were the two main things. Why that? Because that was a thing from the very beginning. Yeah. And because that was connected with pagan worship. Those two things, fornication and the eating of blood, were connected with pagan worship. Mm -hmm. And that was a thing they were not supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And um, so those two things um, impressed me about this chapter. Um, it's a short chapter, but it's got a lot in it. Yeah, it does. Um, sorry, I'm making a quick note because I don't want to get off trail, mm -hmm. but um, some interesting things to yeah, dive in on my own time. <laughs> okay, chapter 18, going to do the same thing here and um, kind of summarize uh, the overall chapter, just like 17. So, um, so God gives a lot of admonitions in this chapter, uh, and basically it seems to be centered around perversions um, within the family, um, a, a lot of this, but he starts off by saying, um, that the people are not to follow the example of the Egyptians and the Canaanites, but to live by the statutes of the Lord. Okay, so that's kind of the starting point is, again, you are supposed to be different on purpose. Um, and beware, and he goes on and um, even says uh, at the end of this chapter, remember not to do like these other nations because they got vomited out and otherwise in other words you are not coming here because you're just wonderful people i'm bringing you here because i had to vomit these people out don't repeat their pattern mm -hmm. um and so anyway uh, starting in verse six we look at the uncovering of the nakedness of different family members and uh, god saying that this is depravity when this is done. Um, and then the next section, you know, 
don't have sex with women who are menstruating, don't have sex with your neighbor's wife. And then it was so odd to me, but again, it's just a, it's a perversion, I think, of, of what the family ought to be um, and, and the faithfulness that we have to one another and to our children. Do not offer your children up to Molech. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do not have uh, homosexual relationships. Bestiality, again, is a perversion. Um, <clears throat> then in that last section, it's kind of summing up this. It's like, I mean, like you were saying, Sherry, it's not that God throws out these crazy, ridiculous scenarios of, well, who would even think to do that? This is what the other nations did. <laughs> like, right. This is why they and the land became unclean. And it does make me wonder, and I, again, not to get off on the rabbit hole, but passages, other passages like in Genesis where we read of the flood and how horrific it became, you know, how the world was so depraved, it does make me wonder, is this the kind of stuff that God is talking about like in here where when they have defiled themselves so much, it then trickles down into the land. I mean, I think about, mm-hmm. you know, how we talk about different, the, the plastics and pollution and whatever. And I think we may not have anything on, you know, mm-hmm. the results of, you know, this mm-hmm. kind of living, on, not only on themselves, but on the environment that God had set up to be helpful to us. And we turn it into a nasty, nasty place. Mm-hmm. So um, anything from chapter 8? From Sherry, you want to go ahead and share first? Um, well, um, a couple of things. So chapter 17 is prohibitions regarding idolatrous worship of the pagan nations around them. Mm-hmm. Chapter 18 is prohibitions regarding the lifestyle of the pagan nations around them. Um, so this is the chapter that talks about all the lifestyle uh, choices that they make that they've got these idolatrous worships and this is where it leads look at all look at this lifestyle um, um, I thought it was uh, it's bracketed by I am the Lord your God first, first verse last verse mm-hmm. well it's actually the second verse and then the last verse because the first verse is just and the Lord spoke to Moses saying but that's the first sentence <clears throat> so I am the Lord your God. And we're going to see this again a ton in chapter 19. But in chapter 18, it's bracketed uh, by I am the Lord your God. So, and and with the emphasis on I, I am the Lord your God, not this. Mm-hmm. I am. Um, and also, um, verse 18 just sticks out like a sore thumb to me. And you shall not take a woman as a rival wife to her sister, uncovering her <laughs> nakedness while her sister is still alive. Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds familiar. who does that make you think uh-huh. of? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a prohibi- prohibition against polygamy in general. It's like, don't take a woman and her sister because that's mm-hmm. just disrespectful. Right. Mm-hmm. It's gonna cause a ton of trouble. Right. I.e. Jacob. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. And like piggybacking mm-hmm. off of that, there I thought of several others like Abraham and Sarah being like half siblings mm-hmm. and then Judah and Tamar, even though there was like some trickery in mm-hmm. that, this is still stuff that God's people had, God's people in the, you know, kind of before mm-hmm. they were in the nation of Israel had already fallen into. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, you think that the pagans do this, but like 
Abraham and your forefathers mm-hmm. and stuff were doing this yeah. too. Yeah, Israel, the guy that you're named after. Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, any other thoughts that you had on chapter 18 before we turn to 19? Okay, so 19 is, there's so much there. Um, and I do think, as Sherry has been pointing out, you know, we get, we get the repeated, I am the Lord your God. So in other words, this is the reason. Um, and it is interesting to me, you know, he has some wonderful explanation that he shares for different things, but um, in chapter 19, it's like this constant reminder, why do you do this? Because I'm the Lord, because you're following me, you know, and it's not um, this long explanation, but if but if you're going to be like me, then this is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I thought for this, because I know we've uh, only got uh, 10-ish minutes left, is... Um, there, because there's so many sections, um, I, I thought each of us could just pick one of the sections that um, we appreciated. Um, there's so much here. I know we can't cover it all, um, but I'll start with that and give you all a minute to kind of look over and pick because there are so many um, that it's it's hard to, to narrow down. Um, so I'm going to just jump into the first section, so 19 verses 1 through 4, um, and... It, it is so interesting to me where he's starting off by saying, be holy for the Lord your God is holy. And then the next thing he says is just kind of stabs me in the heart a little bit. Revere your father and mother and keep the Sabbath. <laughs> it seems like, you know, yes, I will be holy unto the Lord my God. And then revere your father and mother. Well, what, I mean, why that, you know? But he is setting up, he's, he's reminding of that order again of you are to honor the authority that has been put over you, mm-hmm. you know, and it starts with me, but do not, you know, don't, don't be um, duped to think that, well, I can forget all over their authority. No, the other authorities that are put in would be government, you know, as well would fit into that, you know, any authorities that we are under, honor them you know, mm-hmm. revere them, do well unto them. Um, and I, a lot I could get into that. But And keep the Sabbaths, again, something I feel like um, our culture, you know, obviously we're living under New Testament times and we are not commanded to keep the Sabbath, but I do think there is a sense in which there does need to be that um, purposeful, okay, to take off, rest, because you trust that God will take care of you, you know, and that purpose will so that you can focus on serving God better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I'll just, I'll leave it at that so we don't run out of time for, for y'all's choices. So, um, Sherry, what would you pick okay. for one okay. of your favorites? Okay, well, before you do that, um, okay. sidebar, <laughs> this is I'm learning this thing, but um, I think it's important because this is a long chapter, um, and, and I know that a lot of things in the Bible are poetic because they didn't have it written down. They needed to memorize it. Poetry, yes. best way to memorize. Yes. So there's a structure. Verses 1 through 10 are four statements. Four times he says, I am the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. Verses 11 through 18, he says, I am the Lord. Verses 19 through 31, he says, I am the Lord your God. And then two times he says, I am the Lord. And then one time he says, I am the Lord your God. So, mm-hmm. And then in the 32 through 37, there's four statements. But 
The first one is, I am the Lord. The second and third one, I am the Lord your God. And the fourth one, I am the Lord. So it goes like this. A, 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 A. I am the Lord your God. A, 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 A. Four times. Then, B, 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 B. I am the Lord. Then, A, B, B, A. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord your God. And then, the last one is B, A, A, B. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. I am the Lord your God. So, anyway, for what that's worth. But that, I think the reason for that is that, I mean, I think it's done intentionally. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is just that it's easier to memorize yeah. when you have a pattern like that. Right. Um, so uh, that being said, um, with the next um, uh, verses, um, the, the ones that you talked about were more about honoring God. The, the rest of them are more about loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you got the peace offerings, which which are for if you sin against your neighbor, um, and leaving the gleanings for the poor. That's in verses nine to ten. How far do you want me to go? Um, um, you want to go through eighteen, and then um, I'll let. Then okay, so then there's a, a no no stealing, lying, false. There's a lot of the a lot of the ten commandments are in here. Mm-hmm. Um, stealing, lying, and um, Bearing false witness, um, oppressing. There's no oppression of uh, taking advantage of your employees. There's no cursing or taking advantage of the handicapped, someone mm-hmm. who's deaf, someone who's blind. Um, there's um, uh, the use of just judgments in a court of law. You don't favor the rich, but you also don't favor the poor just because they're poor. Right. Um, uh, and uh, no slandering or accusing your neighbors of something um, and not harboring any hatred but being um, honest. Yeah. So not harboring hatred, in other words, not just sitting there and simmering over stuff mm-hmm. until you become bitter, but actually like just... Yes, and I appreciate right one of the translations rendering it speaking frankly, mm-hmm. and I just, I, I do appreciate that that picture of not secretly holding it in, but mm-hmm. just be on it, like you were saying, yeah. being honest and mm-hmm. let's walk through this. You yeah. know, and then the it. summary at the end, love your neighbor as yourself. Right. I am the Lord your God. Okay, so. and um, Elizabeth, real quick, um, the last section there, what jump, is there a part there that stands out for you? Out of all of that, there were two section, two like specific commands that stuck out to me. So one was if someone uh, sleeps with a slave woman, who's not his he has to um he's not going to be put to death but um we'll have to give like a compensation and a guilt offering i think it's really important that they note that she is not free she has not been given her freedom she didn't really have a choice in the matter so i mm-hmm. feel like there's protection for the vulnerable right which um mm-hmm. is really important and then right after that the part about the trees mm-hmm. i didn't quite understand so the first three years you can't eat the fruit of the trees the fourth year the fruit is dedicated to the lord which makes sense but then on the fifth year you could start eating of it the only thing i could think of in my head beyond god said to do this so you do this is like maybe the fruit's not good the first few years so this is a protection for them as well as a hey do you trust god kind of Mm -hmm, test mm -hmm. um so i thought that was really important and then actually there was one 
the last little chunk of it is a lot of don't do this because the people around you do it. Mm-hmm. So selling off your daughters to be prostitutes, eating flesh with the blood, um, mediums, necromancy, and like sorcery, all that mm-hmm. kind of weird stuff. Um, or like do this because I am God. Don't be like the people around you. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know. I thought that section was really cool. Yeah. Um, so one last thing, um, because it's covered here and covered earlier when, uh, Sherry had mentioned about the, you know, leaving some for the poor, um, and then towards the end of the chapter, going back into the, make sure you love the stranger, um, and, uh, and do that. Why? Because you need to remember that there was a time you were a stranger in Egypt and, um, what are you supposed to remember from Egypt? But that this God, me, mm-hmm. I'm the one who brought you out, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So do unto them as you have been blessed and have done, been done by. If so. I could actually jump in again, I made a note and then I forgot about it. Sure. I think something important about the repetition of I am the Lord your God, beyond just like a reminder to make this easy to memorize, is that you are doing this so you can be like God. So like some of the right. big themes that stood out to me, was okay god is loving so you need to love your neighbor god is just so you gotta treat your neighbor right Mm -hmm. and then god is holy can't be doing what everyone else is doing Mm -hmm. um which i thought was a good way to kind of tie this all together because when you look at the rules individually it's just like Mm -hmm. all over the place Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah excellent Mm -hmm. okay thank you all so much Mm -hmm. we'll do this again soon